as boys lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. All right, it is another As Bold as Lions podcast, and I'm your host, Derek Charles Johnson, with me and my wife, Corey, who I've gotten to have for these last four weeks. It's pretty cool. <laughs> one, one more. I think the next few I may record on some uh, moments, that, a downtime that I have, that we may be not able to be together for a little while mm-hmm. on them, but we'll come back again, I'm sure, at some point. Yes. So, but it's, it's been, been good. fun. It's yeah. been fun. It's been fun. These um, Profiles Encourage uh, podcasts, they go along with the blog. Try to mention that frequently. Uh, the blog is at uh, com, And you can also sign up to get those to your email inbox. Just mm-hmm. hit the As Bold as Lions tab. You'll see that if you go to the website. And there you can put your email in and subscribe. And we'll... Start getting those to you in your email. We'll get a blog out to you on Wednesdays, and on Monday and Friday, you get a short devotional, like a two-minute devotional. A lot of times it ties into the blog as well, which yeah, ties good. into the podcast. So I always enjoy reading them. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. As long you're as you're, you're the opinion I, I, I really rely upon. So <laughs> if you are happy, then I'm happy. <laughs> if, if you think it's worthwhile, then that's something. <laughs> Everything gets run by Corey first, and then if it passes the Corey test, then we can go from there. <laughs> so we are jumping into this last Profiles and Courage podcast talking about Esther. Yay, and I think Esther. Esther is, I think we both kind of have a fondness for yeah. the story of Esther. Yeah. I like to. I like history, so. Uh, yeah, history and just all that was kind of going on during this time. All that's going on in the ancient world as a whole. Yes. The backdrop of, wow, what Esther what, is. Esther, where it kind of lands. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting. I I, I find it um, fascinating as well, mm-hmm. even though I'm not probably as learned as you you're are not, on these. Well, you're not as nerdy as I am. <laughs> well, you're I the cool one. I'm the I didn't, nerdy one. You are. I, I try to be a nerd, but... And probably not his, you can't historical pull it up as well as I can. Yeah, <laughs> you just know facts. You know a lot of this stuff better than me. And I don't know if that's just because you studied it on your own, or if you actually had more schooling about, like, I don't know, Western civilization stuff like no. that. Is that where it would be? I never took that class. Yeah, but I never had that class. Okay. So. Yeah. Anyway, will you read this verse uh, from Esther? Kind of um, a key part of our discussion today. This is from Esther chapter 4. Esther four twelve through 14. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for all Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. 
And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Okay, that phrase, for such a time as this, that's something to keep kind of coming back to, Mm -hmm. what we'll be talking about today. Um, If there's one book, though, in the Bible that kind of reads like a Hollywood script, it could be... The book book. of Esther. Yeah, at least for me, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, You you could make almost any Bible story into a movie, I I realize that, but... Mm -hmm. And I think they've they've brought Esther to the screen, the silver screen, I guess you'd say, uh, television, whatever, mm-hmm. in um, in certain uh, adaptations. And mm-hmm. uh, some of those are pretty good and kind of compelling. Yeah. Stir the emotions. Mm-hmm. The one we watched a little while ago, I think it was during quarantine. Maybe. <laughs> Everything's pre or post quarantine right. or during. But right. I think it was that one night with the king. Yes. We'd seen it many years before yes. and then. Somehow stumbled upon it again. Yeah. And it's pretty well done. to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids liked it, yeah. I think, so. But it's, you know, classic good versus evil type of tale. It's got kind of the underdog Jewish people, and they're pitted against the evil Haman. Mm-hmm. He's the definitely the bad guy in the story. Right. And then it has this Mordecai character who refuses to bow down to Haman, and that mm-hmm. just kind of infuriates him. And throughout the whole thing, this is kind of rags to riches story of a young Jewish girl named Hadassah, and that's actually Esther. Um, I it's kind of cool. I like I like that Jewish name. I think that's a cool name. I've heard mm-hmm. people name yeah. their daughters that. I think yeah. it's pretty neat. Um, but Esther is kind of this more refined, <laughs> older lady kind of name. It seems yeah. like yeah. both nice names. Yes, yes, definitely. But, um, anyway, she gets handpicked to be queen. There's a lot of backstory, so we can't go into all of it. Um, but Esther is not the type of stuff that would necessarily work in a f- fluffy Hallmark movie. <laughs> There's too much kind of real uh, blood and, I don't know, blood and gore, but just right. just real life stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's... Only God's miraculous hand that allows the people of Israel to be saved. Mm-hmm. Now, Esther's an orphan girl. She doesn't have parents. She's raised by her cousin, Mordecai. And she's brought to live in the palace. The Jews are in exile at this time. They're under Persian rule. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it went, what, Babylon conquered by Persia? Yeah. That's the order there. See, a history buff. <laughs> and History um, nerd. History nerd. So, as a virgin, she's groomed to be a possible match for King Xerxes, and he has tossed out the, the previous queen. They had a falling out. Him and Vashti. <clears throat> queen Vashti, yep. So, the grooming process involves, um, I guess what we consume is spending a night with the king. Right. Kind of brings them in, revolving door type thing of, like, yeah. this your turn, you approach, you know, and then if he is pleased with you, you're... Yeah. You're made queen, or you're just cast off to be one of the concubines. Mm-hmm. Not a real, not a lot of um, standing for for women back then. Yeah. You know, I know we can talk about where women's rights are now, but but truly, just kind of treated like property. And yeah. the whole thing with Vashti that that falling out. If you read the first chapter or so of Esther, you kind of see where she tries to assert her rights and. Right. Is basically stamped back down and like, well, you're not queen anymore. So, right. so Esther falls into that 
that spot. Mm -hmm. um, and all the while, as Mordecai, he sees this kind of greater picture unfolding as Esther's selection is no accident. Mm -hmm. He sees that there's this evil spirit that's trying to annihilate his own people. And basically, through Esther, he's, he's able to meet with her and influence her to speak, speak to the king. And this really involves her eventually taking a risk and, and dealing with the unknown. And that's going mm -hmm. before the king to, to kind of advocate for her, right. her people. Unsummoned. Unsummoned, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the big thing. And through it all, the hand of the Lord is with his chosen people. Mm -hmm. And again, just to remind you guys, these, these profiles encourage blogs. They're an opportunity to look at men and women who follow God faithfully despite the environment they live in. Mm -hmm. And I think these stories really can influence us today as we face similar opposition in our own culture. So let's dig in and uh, just start talking about some key points that I believe we can take out of Esther. Yes. So first of all, Esther understands the weight of the times mm -hmm. that she lives in. Why don't you read from uh, Esther 4 there? Esther 4, 15 and 16. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendant will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. So, backstory of Haman hating the Jews. He's there's some underlying bad blood there. Mm -hmm. Haman is Haman the Agagite, a descendant of King Agag, an Amalekite and longtime enemy of Israel. I might mm -hmm. have botched that, uh, butchered that name there, Agag. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. So you probably know a lot of that because the amount was this the one that King Saul was supposed to defeat and eradicate, or am I thinking somebody else? Yes, okay. I believe so. So King Saul leaves the door open with this nation, this people group, because they were supposed to take everybody and slaughter everyone. Right. And King Agag was the one that he kind of took in, and he didn't, and then he didn't. I want to say Samuel, Samuel does come did and call. kill him. Yeah, but somehow some of somebody some gets away. Of his descendant, yeah, yeah. So, but obviously Haman is one of a yeah. long Descends line down that. the way. Yes. Yeah. So he has a um, specific disdain for Mordecai because Mordecai refused to bow to him. Mm -hmm. It was kind of Haman's this advisor to the king, likes to go through and kind of parade himself through. The, the streets yes. and stuff, and people are supposed to bow. And, right. and thinks he's a big deal. Thinks he's a big deal. And because Mordecai doesn't, it, it makes Haman upset, and he's appeals. He's going to the it king. Hits his man pride a hits little his bit, man pride. Definitely mm -hmm. got his man pride, and um, you don't want to do that to a guy like Haman. Mm -hmm. um, he goes to the king, though, and says, "Let's. you need to make a decree to... To destroy the Jews. That's right. Esther 3, verse 9. Right. And then they have this law or this standing where basically any decree issued by the king is irrevocable. I think yeah. that's a Persian thing, but once yeah. he puts it out there, it's like, it's done, it's written, it's mm -hmm. that's it. So, you know, Mordecai knows of all this, learns of it, and goes to Esther, basically appealing to her, saying, you have to act on behalf of your people. You mm -hmm. have this this place, this position where you can, right. you can go before the king. 
And she, you know, those verses that we started with in Esther four, that's where she understands what's going on. And, um, or I'm sorry, in verse, uh, in Esther four, 15, mm-hmm. 16, she says, you know, have them fast and pray. I'll do the same. And, uh, it's a serious thing and it requires some serious action on mm-hmm. our parts. Right. And, um, just bring that into our present day. You know, I, we know there are times in which we will be called out to act in defense of our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a small thing like just letting a coworker know that, that you're a Christian. Maybe it's praying before your lunch in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it could be as big as losing a job, you know, losing a position because you don't want to be dishonest about something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's perhaps defying a governmental mandate, uh, asking to limit your expression of worship. Mm-hmm. So, that's a real thing as well. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, like Esther, we must understand the climate of the culture we are in. And in that place, we must be willing to seek the Lord to guide and influence our every step. Uh, second point is Esther knows her life must be risked for her people. And I love this verse there in um, Esther 4, if you read that. Esther four sixteen, I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish... I perish. Yeah. So uh, she realized that life hangs in the balance, and if she chooses to stand for the Lord or not, that's that that may cost her her own her own life. And she realizes the uncertainty of whether or not she will live or die is mm-hmm. worth it because her faith calls um, her to do it. Right. So. She has been chosen as queen. We might assume, well, she has some sort of favor with the right. king. He obviously likes her. He obviously likes her. He's already, you know, she's pleased him enough to mm-hmm. to be picked out of all these women that have gone right. and kind of auditioned for the the role or right. the job. Right. And she, so, but really, she still kind of has not much in terms of actual power and authority to say right. much you know, kind of a a figurehead position, I would say. Mm -hmm. And one thing is that she cannot just go before the king unsummoned. Like, you can't just show up and... Show up and talk to the king. Talk to him, yeah. Even though it's your husband. Yeah. So, lots of rules of decorum, I guess Mm -hmm. you might say. Uh, And even at that point, like, there, it could mean certain... It could mean death. Right. Let's say certain death. But um, to go before the king unsummoned and she... You know, explains that to Mordecai, like, I I could die because I am not being asked to come before him. So, but she goes to the inner court, she stands, and then King Xerxes sees her, and she wins favor in his sight. This is all from Esther 5, 1 through 8. Um, He allows her to come forth and speak. says, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you even to half of my kingdom. That's verse 3. So... Mm -hmm. So first kind of hurdle has been gotten over. She's able to, he responds to her. He says, come forward. Right. And she's, you know, you can tell that she has the favor of the Lord upon her just by his favorable response. Mm -hmm. And so Esther's boldness is really a testimony to us in our 21st century modern times. Mm -hmm. We don't often view our faith in terms of whether or not we will die for speaking the name of Jesus. And right. If we live in the U.S., we haven't had to think 
much about life in those terms. I don't think so until right. recently. Right. Um, but persecution is alive and well, and it's creeping into much of our daily interactions in various parts of our country. And I think what we need to take from Esther is that boldness is really not an optional thing. It's it's something mm-hmm. that we have to have in order to survive and, and keep going and right. and live out our faith. And to even be willing to die is a question we must come to terms with and have settled in our hearts. Are we confident enough in our faith to say Jesus is the only way? And right. some overlap here because we talked a lot about this last time with Stephen, obviously mm-hmm. persecution and all that being very center to his whole story right. and something that we, uh, through all these courageous roles, I think we have to realize that's part of the territory that we we have to right yeah so final point is that esther shows us what complete obedience looks like and if you'll read esther 7 there esther 7 3 and 4 then queen esther answered if i have found favor in your sight o king and if it pleases the king let my life be granted me for my wish and my people for my request for we have been sold i and my people to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. So this is her response because he's um, asking what, uh, well, this actually, no, I'm sorry, back up. We She had gone before the king mm-hmm. and, um, and some other things had transpired, but this is, you know, another point where she gets to appeal to the king. Right. Um, and just in the difficult position she is, she, she reveals like, this is what Haman wants to do mm-hmm. to my people. Like kind of comes out and says, I'm, I'm a Jew. You know, right. these are my people. And, um, you know, as Mordecai had stated, if she chose not to speak up, deliverance would have came from somewhere, mm-hmm. but just not from Esther. That God would raise someone up. Right. So just the fact that God always raises up a deliverer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Esther knew this was her moment, and she had to she had to rise to this occasion. Mm-hmm. And this role as queen was was not really for herself; it was for all of her people. Mm-hmm. And she unmasked her identity. Talked about that. She um, says, "I'm a Jew." So, of course, we read the rest of the book, and we know Haman is exposed. He's hung on the gallows. He actually had these gallows that he wanted to hang Mordecai on and, yes. and a twist of fate. He's all excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to them, you know, just, just the, the irony that you read sometimes in the Bible and just like how God turns things, you know, right. that were you know, the truth in the statement that what, what the enemy meant for evil, God intends for good or, you know, those right. things where he, right. he can take things and this is, a perfect example of that, like Haman's killed on his his own gallows, mm-hmm. hung on his own gallows. Right. So, and Esther's obedience offers the Jews the ability to be saved. Her actions were blessed by the Lord. So, um, as always, you know, how can we apply that? Um, her home boldness is is our own call to be bold, whatever we face today. We can choose to kind of a let the moment pass or let somebody else be bold, let them speak out, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and even though Esther had that option, we have to see that we exist for such a time as this as well. Going back to that, that verse, it's just kind of a real, 
a theme verse out of this this whole story, yeah. and we cannot miss the the greater picture of what's yeah. going on. Right. Um, why, why why God put us here? Like, what our purpose is? Right. What's what's our purpose? You know what a what are we doing with our lives? That yeah, there's there's a moment here that we we don't want to let pass because to compromise or to be silent in the face of of the things that that maybe are not right or unjust that um you know God may may write that at some point but he if we choose not to be involved in that we miss out on that opportunity uh, right. we miss out on what he's he's trying to do right and that maybe that blessing that comes as a result of that we forfeit that you know for right. for some reason so we know the battle is difficult but the reward is great and we know who our commanding officer is. Amen. Amen. So <laughs> there's a lot more we could talk about with Esther, mm-hmm. and it's probably difficult to just throw into a blog or throw into a podcast and just kind of cover it and do it justice. But hopefully we've kind of um, at least pulled out some things that I think are yeah. character traits of... You can go and spend some time reading Esther, too. <clears throat> you can go. You it's only like eight or nine it. chapters, ten. ten chapters. But you won't regret it. You won't regret it. No, it's it's just a yeah. The story is it ends well. I guess you could say. Um, you know the the Jews are saved, and that even though that decree was put out by Xerxes, the the king allowed the the Jews to defend themselves. I think he issues another decree or something right. like that. Right. You know, Haman is hung, and. We assume Esther just goes on to be queen for the rest of her life. I guess some right. Bible history would be in order to see what, what else until, happened. Yeah, I'd be like, Don't where? know. Well, Xerxes is, I suppose, until Xerxes dies, maybe. Yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> but you just. Get, well, out of this whole thing where the Jews can defend themselves, you get the Jewish holiday of Purim. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which they still celebrate. Pretty, Pretty and holy. Read the book of Esther. I believe read and the book of Esther. Boo when Haman's word and Haman's <laughs> name comes up, and they cheer when Mordecai's name comes oh, up. Did yeah. you know that? I didn't know that. That's cool. That's neat. Neat traditions there in in the Jewish culture. Some mm-hmm. cool stuff that that we forget. Um, sometimes we focus a lot on, I don't know, New Testament or right. But that's that's cool stuff to go back in and then kind of read the New Testament through. The lens of all these other things. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, I just, uh, again, these these profiles encourage, meant to just encourage you, equip you. Um, We talked about David and Joseph and Stephen and now Esther. And I think they all have some commonalities as far as their character and what they stood up against and and what maybe God did through them, Mm -hmm. like the way they were able to speak. I would love to, to talk for, I've got uh, plans to hopefully go back into this and do some more. Daniel is one. Um, I've done one on Noah. I'd like to bring that one back. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Peter, Paul, mm-hmm. Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Peter and Paul. <laughs> but, um, and there's somebody else from the, Oh, Gideon. Yes. Gideon's one. I actually did a blog a few years ago on Gideon it still gets hits from time That's to time. One of my favorite blogs you've ever written. Yeah, and I I kind of want to 
revamp that and bring that back into this profile. So it might be another series we do this year, or it could be next year. I'm trying to figure out what the rest of the year looks like and, and kind of map things out, but stay tuned. If, if you like these, let me know if, yeah. if you absolutely hate them, don't, don't say anything. Stop. <laughs> Cause that Nobody would just, that would make us cry and probably never pick up the microphone and do this ever again. We eat a lot of ice cream, right? We get depressed. Yeah. Ice cream. Well, I do like ice See, cream. That's not so bad now, right? Huh? Yeah. So, but seriously, I want to encourage you. That's, that's why we do this. Right. Um, I hope if you're listening on a regular basis or semi-regular basis, you're encouraged by it. You come back to it because there's something that um, just blesses you somehow or maybe pushes you a little bit. It challenges I think. you maybe to dig through these characters yourself and read mm-hmm. read about them and see th- what the Holy Spirit talks to you about through them. Yes, yes. You know, my thing... It's, we're just kind of wrapping up. My, I talked about it a little bit in some of the devotionals that I did, but uh, in the company of the series. But sometimes it's easy to read these stories, close the Bible, and just be like, "That's great, you know, that was their time, their mm-hmm. their faith, that was God then, or whatever." But like to really believe, like that's the same God we serve. That's the same Spirit, you know, that Spirit that comes upon David and he goes before Goliath and. Uh, or he was anointed and the, so the Holy Spirit filled him. Like mm-hmm. that spirit is available to us as well. And God right. moves in the same way. I right. think a lot of times it's how we believe that he will move or what he will do or what he won't do, the box right. that we kind of put him in. Right. And we like to kind of comfortable with. Right. What we're comfortable with. So that's really a challenging thing for me because we can just read these like they're just almost tall tales or mythological things, but they really happen. You know, we study them. We, we hear sermons, we sing songs, like they're all true. And this is still the same God. So, so I hope that encourages you and uh, just keep going uh, deeper and and Mm -hmm. digging. And um, yeah, we will see you on the next. The same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. Amen. And uh, along those lines, if you would close us with our theme, theme verse there once again. From Ephesians Corey. 5, 15 through 17. Yes. yes. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share. And head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.